BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's good, y'all? This is Breeze Bruin from the Mighty Juggernauts. And make sure you subscribe and download the podcast. Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim Kell. Hip-hop journalism on the highest level. Yeah, what's up? It's your boy, Joe L.O.T. And I want everybody to make sure that they subscribe and download the podcast, Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim Ininkle. Yo, Tim, I hope all is well. You my guy. I know these interviews are not interviews. They're actually conversations, and I appreciate them all. Yeah, what's Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ice-T. I want you to do something for me. Make sure you download and subscribe Library Rap. The hip hop interviews with Tim I and Cal. It is old fucking official. All right, stop playing. Download and subscribe. Library rap. The hip hop interviews with Tim I and Cal. It's cold. From Ain't My Type of Hype. To All Cried Out, to Roxanne, Roxanne, to Thanks From My Child. Full Force shaped the soundtrack of many of our lives. We should thank them for their impact on us. And with that, I want to welcome Full Force to AllHipHop.com presents The Library with Tim Heineckel. Gentlemen, it's an honor to have you on. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. So, so I want to, of course, start from the beginning. And, you know, whoever, please feel free to, whoever wants to answer, answer. Who exactly were the, the ad- ademptions? And what were your hopes for that particular group when uh, you guys came out with that? The Ademptions? Yes. Well, well, I'll say that what happened is that back in the day, before Full Force, actually, uh, me and my two brothers, the, the Full Force brothers, Paul Anthony and B-Fine, we, we had a group called the Amplifiers. Then after a while, we called ourselves Seventh Precision. And the backup band, the backup band for us back then, as we were performing in the neighborhood, was a group called the Ademptions, which later on became Crown Heights of Fear. Because when we broke up, they became Crown Heights of Fear, and they got a record deal before us, and we were, I was a little jealous. But that was the Ademptions. But we went by the name of the Amplifiers when we were little, when my father... And my uncle Cito put us together as a group. We were so young, the three brothers, and um, we did the Apollo Theater and things like that. <laughs> when we moved to Crown Heights, when we moved to East Flatbush, that's when the three of us got together with our cousins, Baby Jerry, Shy Shy, and Kurt. And that's when we formed Full Force. When did you, I mean, I, I think about my cousins and my brothers and 
how musically untalented we are. Uh, and and you think about you six as an entire, you know, one family, extremely obviously musically talented family. When did the three brothers and the three cousins first know that each of you had this musical talent? And what was that kind of piece of music or maybe genre of music that you guys were bonding over at the time? Mm, that's tricky. Well, well, Jerry, you, well, the cousins, you guys was doing your thing also, like as, as, a, as a group or into music, DJing and everything like that. Am I right, Jerry? Kurt? Yeah, well, we just, we kind of took a, like any kid, we were just kind of looking for stuff to do on the regular, outside, playing football, doing whatever. But yeah, music was always kind of the common denominator. We um we went to a lot of the block parties, a lot of the park jams, you know, right up by the school there, you know, took to DJing and, and, and you know, we kind of did that at the same time as, as Full Force was being culminated. We were kind of doing our little thing, doing basement parties, this and that. And so, yeah, hip hop music in general was always kind of this thing. But when we, when Full Force got formed, it was more of a, all right, how can we make this all one thing? We would be in the basement trying to jam out, find out who can play what, B was on drums, and, and uh, you know, Kurt was on guitar, Shy was on bass, he's not here right now. And, uh, you know, we I would dabble in keyboards and stuff, but it was more like, Oh, okay. So right when that thing happened with the amplifiers and they kind of separated from their band, it was more like, Hey, well, can we make this thing work? Can we, can we kind of be the music surrounding what Paul and Lou do? You know I mean? Vocally. So it, it, it came together kind of spectacularly. We didn't, you know, it, was, it wasn't forced. It was more like, Oh, okay. This is kind of making sense right now. You know what I mean? So it kind of just kind of happened. You know what I mean? But but you know what? I like to add to that. What happened is that I my brother B, the three of us growing up, the brothers, our brother B wasn't into singing. He he had to be forced, he had to be forced to do that. My father would like me and Paul like Paul was the first one to start singing. Then I became jealous and then I started singing with Paul. My father would love the best. He forced Brian to do it, which is be fine. He said, if you don't sing, you do nothing at else. And he would beat him and everything. And he, <laughs> so he was, he was singing with us. So the three of us would do our thing. But now, when we moved over to East Flatbush, B wasn't so much into singing, but one thing he loved to do was play them damn drums. And he got together with Jerry, Kurt, and Shy Shy, and they were their own four for some music. I don't know if you guys went by at the time. It wasn't full force, but it was the name y'all went by, Jerry, when y'all was performing at Winthrop High School and stuff like that. Do you remember? I can't even remember. What was that? No, I can't remember. Well, no, you guys were performing. I saw the four of you perform just by yourselves at mm -hmm. Winthrop Junior High School and yeah. you know, doing songs like the Mellow Sound and everything like that. Oh and God. I was the disco kids. I don't know if y'all called yourself the Disco Kids, but y'all were performing. And Mike Hughes from Cold Jam was uh, on Cold And y'all performed. And I went back to Paul. I said, yo, Paul, man, they sound really good, man. Maybe we could all form something together. And I remember telling Benny, I said, yo, B, man, y'all are so dope because people were screaming for them and everything. Girls were screaming. It was crazy. And, um... 
I said, maybe we could join with them. And I said, B, maybe me and Paul could join with y'all. We could put it together, maybe take it to the next level. And B was so excited about that. He said, real? Lou, are you? And he was so excited, went back to the guys, and the rest was history. We merged into it. I came up with the name Full Force, and we were such a force to reckon with in, in the neighborhood. We would perform like – like one of our premier clubs was a club called Club Ecstasy in Brooklyn. <laughs> I always looked at that club like as a Radio City music hall of neighborhood clubs because they used to have all the big acts there. When we performed there, we promoted ourselves and the line was around the corner for that show. And we killed it, you know, as full force. And um, and it was a local group. And from there, everything started to, to gel even more. Uh, you're obviously talking about... Uh you as a music group full force and and you know as in the intro as i mentioned you know not just your songs shaped my childhood but songs that you guys actually sang on and played for but songs that you actually wrote and you actually produced like you know all cried out roxanne roxanne i'm real uh et cetera, et cetera. so you you guys and michael jackson shaped my childhood essentially <laughs> uh, thanks but early on what were you i guess what was the goal for full force prior to writing for other people. Yeah. And can you also talk about the importance of uh, Steve uh, um, Salman uh, or Salman, Salman. Sal- Salem yeah. and what, what he meant to the group and what did he have that kind of helped change the tra- trajectory of your group? Okay. Oh, well, well, Steve Salem, um, I invited, Steve Salem was a, a friend of mine. We went to college together. He majored in, in, in behavioral science. He wasn't even into music. But I invited him to one of our shows at, um, in Brooklyn, actually Club Ecstasy, him and a dear friend of ours named Joyce Flint from college. He came to see us perform, and he was blown away. He was so blown away, me and him started talking. I said, Steve, man, you always have great ideas in school. Because he, he used to have, he, you know, he, he ran the social behavioral science place, but he, I always knew he had great ideas. So he started coming around us more would come to the basement where we practice in, which was at Kurt's house. And he really started getting into us. And um, I said, man, you can work with us, man. And you could be like our co-manager and which is what he did. And I got to tell you, um, it's because of Steve Salem. May he rest in peace because um, such a great guy, but because of him, he, we, we used to do original songs. He's the one that kept pushing us, to perform original songs and write our own songs. So that's what we would do. And we would send them to different record companies and we just couldn't get a deal as full force to group. So Steve Salem was the one to say, listen guys, you know what I think? I think you guys should write and produce for other people. If you write and produce for other people, something tells me that the other people will be successful and then you guys, for of course, will get a record deal of your own. Now, I was I was against it. Everybody else was for it because I just cared about full force to group. But I never heard of an R&B group writing and producing for anybody. I just never heard of it. But I was outvoted anyway. And that's what we did. We started writing and producing for other folk. Like, and it first started with Curtis Blow. We did like five songs on Curtis Blow's album. We, we worked with Curtis Blow, Oral played, Jerry played the music with, with Curtis Blow's songs like Basketball, which was like the biggest one that we were part of. Um, we got to go on the road with Curtis Blow. And then after that, we hooked up with UTFO, Lisa Lisa and Code Jam. And then 
then Steve Salem was right. Then Full Force got our own record deal for ourselves. So if it wasn't for Steve Salem, we would not be writers and producers for other people. And that's our bread and butter. God bless Steve in heaven. Yeah, man. Just curious, why, why wouldn't, why couldn't you at that time just, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but uh, take the songs you were writing for these other artists and just make them your own? Like, and, 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 and then with that, get signed as a, to a record label versus writing for other groups and having them do it. And then you guys get excited. We, we, we were always striving to sound different, give off different energy, look different, you know, full force. We was always uh, trying to always blaze our own path. And our music was somewhat of a fusion between R&B, hip hop, rock. I mean, we, we had songs that <laughs> edge. So we was really, really, really ahead of our time musically and, um, and with style and influence. So they weren't really ready for it. So sometimes when you don't focus on yourself and do others, you don't put that microscope on it to push to be different. Writing for, writing for others, we said, okay, let's just do the best of what's already out there. We used to go for ourselves. We was like, oh, no, we need to be different, edgy in every way. So um, that's what happened, you know. So when the idea started flowing, and then uh, as Steve suggested, that uh, there eventually was a bidding war between um, Columbia and Warner Brothers over the guys who created Roxanne Roxanne and Lisa Lisa. I mean, we are pretty much credited with bringing freestyle dance music into the world, more or less, you know. So yeah, it worked out well. And so we was always trying to be different. And then even after we got our deal, we were still different. I mean, we're still different musically. We're still different in terms of our style, our persona. We was able to fit on a hip-hop tour, an R&B tour, and then we jump on several shows with Lisa, you know? So we was always uh, just blazing our own trail. I want to ask you about Lisa, Lisa, and UTFO, but of course, you know, you, you mentioned uh, uh, Curtis Blow, uh, working with Curtis Blow and Five Tracks. How did, how did that collaboration come together? How did you guys meet Curtis uh, and what was the, I guess basketball was the big hit, but what was the first, the first track you guys wrote together? Guys? Well, well, with Curtis Blow, man, I got to attribute that also. I got to attribute that also to uh, Steve Salem and actually uh, our father who, who would all, who would, Curtis had, Curtis had producers at the time, Robert Ford, may he rest in peace, and J.B. Moore. They were his producers. Uh, Steve Salem uh, and my father met Robert Ford and J.B. Moore, and they became friends. And before you know it, brought us into the studio just to kind of hang out with Curtis Blow at the time. And then before you know it, the first song we actually did with Kurt, and even though we don't get credited with producing it, we did produce the song, and we actually wrote it. I mean, B, B wrote, wrote the lyrics. It was called Big Time Hood. <laughs> and, and we wrote the lyrics to that and Curtis and, and the guys did the music and we did the backgrounds and Curtis, oh, I got to give it to him, man, because he, he was such a big star in his own right, but he was so humble and he was so nice to us and so good to us and he respected us and he listened to us with what we wanted him to do. He could have said, who the hell are these young whippersnappers? But he treated us like we were veterans in the game. And um, I'll never forget that, man. And up to this day, God bless him. You know, he had a heart transplant. God bless him. Still keeping communication with him. But um, 
was that song. We did another song called um, there was it was five songs in total, but big time. Oh, oh, we did another one called Under Fire. We we did a, another one called Under Fire with Kurt yeah. one of his albums. But um, but basketball was the biggest one, biggest one of all. You know, Kurt and Jerry played on that one, and um, that was the biggest record from Curtis Blow ever. And this is when Full Force wasn't even known yet. Uh, you know, we talk about Roxanne, Roxanne, and of course that was you know made by UCFO, but you guys deserve full credit for making this happen. Uh, how did you, well, first, how did you guys beat UTF, UTFO? And, and what was your first impressions of them when you? Uh, you we, we should be here to give that story, right? Why is that here? Yeah. I remember B would say that um, I think B and Kurt and, I think B and Kurt went to Wingate. Yeah, they went to Wingate. Wingate is Wingate High School, which is a real rough high school back in the day in Brooklyn, New York, okay? And I think B got the word that this young kid was either flirting or trying to rap to his girlfriend, who also went to Wingate. No, no, no. They went to Winthrop. Oh, Winthrop. Okay, that's the junior high school. Winthrop, junior high? Yeah. Right. Right. Junior school. right, right. Lou, you got a better memory than me. Go ahead. What do you remember? Well, Kango, so here's the deal. Michael Hughes from Co-Jam was in the middle of everything in the beginning. Because, you know, Michael Hughes from Co-Jam used to, when Full Force would post up stickers and flyers of our name all over the five boroughs saying, Full Force is back. Even though we, we wasn't back from a damn place, Michael Hughes would always be with us with Elmer's glue putting up flyers and stickers. So he knew everybody. So Michael Hughes was good friends with Kango Kid who later became of UTFO. And he was also good friends with, with us. So what happened is that B's girlfriend at the time, named Arintha Poe, a.k.a. Booby, was complaining to him that this guy keep messing with him, messing with her and flirting with her and just bothering her, being a pain in the ass. <laughs> so B went up to Winthrop actually to kick Kango's ass. <laughs> <laughs> for messing with his girlfriend. <laughs> so he went to Mike Hughes and said, yo, Mike, who's who's this guy? Who's this guy, Sean for queer? That's his birth name. That's messing around with Booby. That's messing around with my girl. And then Mike showed, showed said, he's right over here, B. And Mike Hughes showed me who, who, who uh, Kango was. And the first time B saw Kango, he was on stage at Winthrop Junior High School performing. He was dancing. He was doing the lock and, the, and all those, the dances. So B just looked at him on stage and he said, wow, wow. So he told Mike, he said, you're Mike. You know, I changed my mind. I'm not, I'm not going to fuck this guy up. Um, <laughs> give, him, give him my number and um, I want to get, I want to talk to him because um, he dances real good. You know, maybe I can get him to dance and, you know, be a part, you know, and open up for us during our local shows. All right. And then Mike said, all right, B. And then B left. And then when Mike, Mike approached Kango after the fact, Kango's like, Mike says, yo, Kango, you saw that, that big guy that was with me? And, and Kango said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was that? Yo, man, he came to bust your ass. That's, that's, <laughs> that's Booby's boyfriend. That's Booby's boyfriend. Okay. So he came to kick your ass, but instead he liked the way you dance, so he wanted to communicate with you. I'm gonna give you a number, and um, that's how 
that's how the UTFO thing started. When B started speaking to Kango, and then Kango is the one to bring in Dr. Ice and the educated rapper, may he rest in peace, and Mixmaster Ice. They were UTFO, and that's how B connected with them initially. And um, I don't know. Do you remember? Do you remember any of those early stories, Kurt? Because I'm pretty sure you, you and B used to hang out a lot. <laughs> Troublemakers in school. Yeah, I remember I, what, what you said. Yeah, I didn't remember that. You know, that's what happened. But as far as like, even when we went into the studio, I mean, we all went in at the same time. You know, as far as putting the songs together and all that, we had the idea of doing Roxanne, Roxanne, and we all got together and put the song together. But one of the things a lot of people don't know back then. In this time, day and time, there was any there wasn't anything called automation for the board, meaning you let the computer do it. So all of us would literally have our hands on the <laughs> mixing board, turning on and off different instruments. I mean, like like time. it was automation. At that time, there was no automation. So hilarious, man! The so stuff we went through. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Did you guys have to like, did you have to tape the board down to make sure no one messed with it? On the night? <laughs> Don't touch the board. Don't touch, Don't the, touch the board. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to kill you. Exactly. Um, I mean, you obviously talk about Roxanne and Roxanne and, you know, history is obviously the history behind it and what it meant for the record. And also if you think about it, 
it kind of did a blueprint for response for, you know, Roxanne's Revenge became the response record. And then it kind of was a blueprint for how people could do record labels and kind of make that hit, call out some artists if you want, they'll respond and you have a hit. Mm-hmm. That. Uh, can you want to talk about how Roxanne Roxanne was made, who came up with the idea, but then did you imagine what it was going to become, like how a life of its own, it was going to happen afterwards? Nah. No, not at all. You know what it was? We already did a song with UTFO. It was a, a, a small label called Select Records at the time, which um, Steve Salem, of course, took us to. And the first song we did with UTFO that we produced with UTFO was a song called uh, Beats and Rhymes. And that did okay. So then here we are coming out with the second single on UTFO. And it was it's a song that we were preparing to do, and it was called Hanging Out. That was the A side. B woke up one morning and he said, "Hey man, uh, I, I, I want to let's do a B side to that song hanging out, like a B side." Back in the days, well, everybody everybody knows the B side. You know, we had vinyl. The A side is the main song. The B side is like sort of like a throwaway song. But B for some reason wanted to do a B side, and he came up with the concept of Roxanne, Roxanne. The concept. He went to UTFO. <laughs> And he told them the concept. He said, listen, the three of y'all, y'all fight over a girl, but nobody gets the girl. Because, you know, back in those days, every rapper got the girl. But in this instance, B said, no, it's going to be Roxanne. Like, B's only idea to call it Roxanne, Roxanne was, he said, it's an unheard of name, and plus it worked for the police, you know? Mm. So that's what he called it that. And he told the guys, and then the guys came up with some great legendary lyrics from Kango Kid to Dr. Ice to um, the late, great educator rapper. And B also had like Mixmaster Ice scratching on the record, scratching, yeah. like, if he was, scratching like if he was a musician. And um, that song, which was supposed to be a throwaway song, it was just on the B side. You know, I listen, I thought hanging out with a hit. I looked at Roxanne <laughs> like it's a cute song. But what happened is that DJ Red Alert started playing, which we thought was the wrong song. He started playing Roxanne, Roxanne. And I remember me and Paul calling him up and oh, saying, yo, what, what are you doing? You're playing the wrong joint. It's the <laughs> That's what you're supposed to play. He's telling us, no, no, no. Well, I, I like the B-side. I said, yeah, but it's the wrong song. But then he started getting pissed off at me and Paul. He was like, I want. No, to wait, 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 wait. It was like two in the morning, and we yeah. said, Red, 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 you're playing the wrong song. And we woke him up. He said, "I'm gonna play the B side." No, Red, <laughs> you don't understand. You're playing the wrong song. Roxanne, Roxanne is not the lead. The lead is beats and rhymes. Okay. And he said, "No, hanging out, hanging hang out, hanging out, hanging out, hanging out." And he said, "I'm gonna play the B side." And he was like, "Okay, that was it." Just <laughs> so funny. He, he said the B side should have been the. He said, "Well, the B side should have been the A side." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other strange part about that the record, I think, what what the charm of that record was to especially DJs like Red and different people was B also had the concept of each story, each rapper having their own beat. If you remember Roxanne Roxanne, the beats literally switch up with each verse, which had never been done before. That was literally kind of 
right off the streets of hip hop. You know what I mean? That was what hip hop was doing back then in the streets. You know what I mean? Nobody had brought it to record yet though. You know what I mean? You had a track and you had cats rapping. B's idea was like, yo, let's switch up the joints on each one. When Doc raps, he got his own beat. Kango does his own beat. So that, that I think was, was what hit everybody out of the pot, you know, uh, they, they didn't know how to deal with that. And that was kind of like the winning, the, the winning factor of that joint. You know what I mean? In hindsight, crazy. And you know, and you know what, one more thing. And one of the beats for Roxanne Roxanne was the world famous big beat by Billy Squire that all the hip hop rappers love. We added that, you know, into Roxanne Roxanne, which of course was something that was never done before. You know, sampling Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.